Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for this time. We thank you that a long time ago you told holy men to write and they wrote. And we have the Bible that we can hold in our hands and, and glean the wisdom. And as we look at what Jeremiah was trying to tell the tribe of Judah, it's heartbreaking. And yet we see ourselves in some of the same situations. So, Lord, bless us today as we open the book and as we, we um, see what the Holy Spirit wrote when he moved in the hearts of these men. Be with the further services, be with every, every word spoken, every prayer prayed, every song sung. And, Father, we'll praise you in, in and through it all. So bless us now as we uh, uh, pray and we ask that you would be with these people and the unspoken requests that everyone has. We ask that you would uh, be with us and hold us close to, together. And these people that we've mentioned, Lord, bless them according to your own will and wisdom. And, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> um, Jeremiah chapter 1. And then we'll go to then we go to Second Kings twenty three, and then we'll go to to uh, Jeremiah chapter nine. Just as a review, uh, Jeremiah chapter one verse four. Now the word of the Lord came to me before I that's God before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born. I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I, Jeremiah, said, Alas, O Lord, behold, I do not, do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. <clears throat> Verse 8, And do not be afraid of them, for I will... Uh, I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 7. <clears throat> As from a... From his birth, the Lord was with Jeremiah, and he said, you tell the people what, what I've said. And we know that he was prophesying mainly to, to the uh, people in, um, in uh, Judah, and so this is where, where we are. Now, we said in our introduction that this covers... Five, five kings uh, covers five kings, and up till chapter six, uh, we were under the reign of of Josiah. Well, beginning in chapter seven, we're uh, under the reign of um, um, Jehoahaz. Now, Jehoahaz, we'll see in just a minute. He just reigned for three months, and he was a puppet king there 
So between the end of chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 7, there was um, 15 years, give or take. So it wasn't immediately past this, but it was in that time period. Now let's go to Second Kings, and we'll set the stage for uh, King uh, Ahoahaz. And uh, I don't... It looks like they could have named these people a, a little bit different, but that's, <laughs> that's what they did. So, all right, let's look at Second uh, Kings 23. Let's begin in verse 21. Then the king commanded all his people, saying, Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, for it is written in the book of the covenant. Surely such a Passover had not been celebrated from the days of the judges who judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judea. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was observed to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah removed the mediums and the spiritists, the trepidim, the idols, and all the abominations that uh, were in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, uh, that he might confirm the words of the law which were written in the book that Helkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to all the laws of Moses, nor did they like him nor did any like him arise after him. However, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath which, with which his anger burned against Judea because of all the provocations which Manasseh had provoked him. The Lord said, I will remove uh, Judea from my sight and I have rem as I have removed Israel. And I will cast off Jerusalem, this city, which I have chosen, and the temple of which I said, My name shall be there. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles? Verse 29. In his days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria, to the river Euphrates, and King Josiah went there to meet him, and Pharaoh Necho saw him and killed him at Makedo. His servants drove his body in a chariot from Makedo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, a king, the son of Josiah, anointed him and made him king in place of his father. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. And the reason he just reigned three months is that Pharaoh Necho killed him uh, and instituted somebody else. So it was then during this short period of time that we have uh, Jeremiah uh, preaching um, to Judea. Uh, so go back to, to um, Jeremiah 7. And uh, the scholars call chapter 7, 8, excuse me, yes, 7, 8, and 9, they call them temple sermons. So these were uh, related to the temple at this time. Uh, 
and uh, we'll begin with verse 1 of chapter 7. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there his word. So our paraphrase is, go to the temple door, <laughs> stand there as the people come in and proclaim the words of the Lord. Verse, uh, verse 2, hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter by these doors to, the, to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words, saying, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the alien or the orphan or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor walk after other gods to your own ruin, then I will let you dwell in this place in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. <clears throat> the word on the street was, nothing's going to happen to us because in Jerusalem we have the temple of the Lord. And Jeremiah saying, you can holler temple of the Lord all you want to. But he says, that's not gonna, that's not gonna relieve you from the burden. But if you do about four things, as we find here in verses five and six, if you amend your ways, if you truly practice justice between a man and his neighbor, if you oppose the alien, the orphan, do not oppose the alien or the orphan or the widow. Do not shed innocent blood, nor walk with other gods to your own ruin. Then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. The, it's so typical of human nature that they forgot who they were dealing with, Almighty God. You remember when Joshua was going into the promised land with the children after Moses had given the second reading of the law, which we have in Deuteronomy? He says, I'll go before you. And what did he do? He sent hornets before him. And drove them out. I can imagine. <laughs> or maybe I can't imagine. You know, hornets just going before. But the Lord has ways. And he says, if you obey me, going back to the Ten Commandments, where we have in Exodus 20 and then repeated in, in uh, Deuteronomy 5, you won't, I don't want any other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. You don't build any image to me like anything you've ever seen. I want your undivided devo devotion. S come back to the same thing that when Samuel struck his finger in, in Saul's face, 
when he had uh, disobeyed him and brought all the sheep back from the war and God had told him to kill every living thing and uh, <laughs> Solomon no Samuel, Samuel and wasn't Samuel what was the king I was, I was having a mental blank there um, Saul 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 said I brought them back for sacrifice and Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice and obey 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 and it's come we'll see it in the scripture we're reading today I want your obedience it's just like we human parents what did we want our children to do just listen to us the first time <laughs> you know we would plowed that road you know just obey us you know and when we when they did we allowed them freedom when they grew up we allowed them freedom to, to do and to go so in in uh, in Kings, we just read that they're not going to obey. Joshua said the same thing. He says, "You you not you can't do it. You're not going to do it. You're going to disobey him." And then he's giving them kind of one last chance here. If you will do these things, then I'll let you stay in the land that I gave to your fathers. Verse eight. Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. You will steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, offer sacrifices to Baal, walk after other gods who you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered. You may do all these abominations, Verse 11, this house, which is called by my name, has become a den of robbers in your sight. Behold, I, even I have seen it, declares the Lord. Um, that same little phrase, become a den of robbers. Uh, Jesus, all three of the synoptic gospels have mentioned it when he went there and and walked through the temple and 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 got them out of the business there uh, you have become a den of robbers verse 12 but now but go now to my place which is in Shiloh where I name my name dwell at first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. When Joshua brought the tabernacle on in, it stayed at Josh in Shiloh. We have it recorded the last place that it was there in in the eighteenth chapter of Joshua. The the temp, the the uh, tabernacle was there. Now they took the Ark of the Covenant out and. And it wound up in the Philistines' hands. And then they had some abominations. And then they finally got rid, rid of it. It says, we don't want this thing because it's killing us. And uh, so they, they brought it back. And it was at Shiloh until David 
brought it to Jerusalem uh, during the golden years of Israel. But Shiloh, everybody pointed back to Shiloh, but Shiloh's no more. Shiloh was decimated according to secular history. Scripture's silent on what happened to Shiloh, but it's, it was decimated and archaeologists have found some places that they think it is. But here in verse 12, Jeremiah says, Where I made my name dwell at first, and you see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people. Verse 13, And now because you have done all these things, declared the Lord, I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear. And I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name in which you trust and the place and to the place which I gave you and your fathers as I did to Shiloh. What Jeremiah is saying, he says, you say the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Well, when it was in Shiloh as a tabernacle, it's no more there because I caused it ruin and I can cause this place to be ruined too. And we know on this side of history, that's exactly what happened. But Jeremiah's keep preaching to him. Verse 16, As for you, do not pray for this people, and do not lift up cry or prayer for them, and do not intercede with me, for I do not hear you. Now, when... When we have a problem or some of the people we love, you know, what do we say that the, sometimes the only thing we can do is pray? The Lord told Jeremiah, quit praying. I'm not going to listen. It's over. You know, I'm, I'm not listening to him. He says, you can pray all you want, but I won't hear it. Let's read it again. As for you... Do not pray for this people. Do not lift up your cry or prayer to them and do not intercede with me, for I do not hear you. Do you see what they are doing in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and the fathers um, uh, light the fire and the women knead their dough for the queen of heaven and they pour out drink offerings to other gods in order to spite me. Um, this fertility god, they, they were making uh, <coughs> cookies, so to speak, uh, in her image. And uh, they were pouring out drink offerings to other gods there. Verse 19, Do they spite me, declares the Lord? Is it not themselves they spite to their own shame? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my wrath will be poured out in this place. On man, on beast, on trees of the field, on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifice and eat flesh. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them 
out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifice. But this is what I commanded them. Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. And you will walk in all the way which I command you, and it will be well with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsel and in the stubbornness of their evil heart and went back uh, backward and not forward. He says, I didn't tell you to do burnt offerings and eat flesh when I came out of Israel, I mean uh, Egypt. Verse 21, For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day uh, about burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now he did later on when he instituted the law in the book of Leviticus. But he that was a sacrifices unto him, the Lord Jesus, um, the Lord in heaven, and Jesus was there. Verse 25, Since the days that your father came out of Egypt until this day, I have sent you, my servants, the prophets, daily rising early and sending them. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did more evil than their fathers. Early in Isaiah uh, chapter 2, we talked about this. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? The rulers, the law, did not know me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that did not profit. They were, they were preaching what the people wanted to hear. Paul, years later, says, be careful about people who tickle your ears. Be careful about people who tell you what they want you to hear. Isaiah said, I am God, and there is no other. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, which I think if that's all we say about Jeremiah, we've missed the boat. But his heart was broken for these people. He said, I love you, and I don't like what I see, and I'm preaching what the Lord tells me to say. And my heart is broken. Verse 27. You shall speak all these words to them. But they will not listen to you. For they shall, for you shall call to them. But they will not answer you. You shall say to them. This is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord. Their God or accept correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Now, <laughs> the Lord told Jeremiah to do some crazy things, and this is one of them. Verse 29. Cut all your hair off. Cast it away. Take up a lamentation on the bare heights. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation of wrath. For the sons of Judah 
have done that which is evil in my sight, declares the Lord. They have set their detestable things in it in the house, which I have called by my name. Evidently, according to scholars, they had brought the idols, whatever they were, into the temple. Not only were they satisfied to put them in their own house, they brought them into the temple. And Jeremiah's telling here they brought these detestable things into the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. They have built the high places, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I did not command and did not come. It did not even come into my mind. This is one of the big things that Manasseh had done that was so grievous to the Lord. He picked up this thing from Molech, which was a foreign god, of child sacrifice. And they did it in the valley of Hinnom. And he says, it never crossed my mind to do this. This is God himself talking in verse 31, which I did not command and it did not come into my mind to do it. Verse 32, therefore, behold, the days are coming, uh, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be called Topeth or the valley of the son of Hinnomah, but the valley of slaughter, um, for there is no other place. Verse 33, the dead bodies of the people will be food for the birds of the sky, beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. Then I will make, <clears throat> I will make to cease from the cities of Judah and from Jerusalem the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride. The land will become a ruin. If you ever see on the news of people who, um, North Korea, other places where God is forsaken, total absence of joy. They have no joy. They have no hope. They have no hope. And that's the case with every lost person. They don't have any joy when the, when the, they're by themselves and in the quiet times, no joy. And God says, you have no joy here. Uh, he says, you don't have children. Uh, the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the land will become ruined. Chapter 8, verse 1. At that time, declares the Lord, they will bring out the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of its princes, the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophet. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem from their graves, the same group of people that he's been talking about, the kings, the people in the power, the, the priests, and the prophets. Verse 2, they will spread them out in the sun and the moon and the host of heaven which they love and which they serve, which they've gone after, which they've sought, and which they have worshipped. They will not be gathered or buried they will be as dung on the face of the ground. And death will be chosen rather than life. And all the remnant of the remnants of this family, the remnants in all the places to which the Lord I have driven them, declares the Lord of hosts. You shall say to them, Thus saith the Lord, 
this is some poetry and uh, it's, it's, it's pungent. Do men fall and not get up again? Does one turn away and not repent? Why then has this people, Jerusalem, turned away from a continual apostasy? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have listened and heard. They have spoken what is not right. No man repents of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his course like a horse charging into battle. Even the stork of the sky knows the season and the turtle dove and the swift and the thrush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the ordinances of the Lord. He said, he said, these people are crazy. <laughs> the Bill's paraphrase. He said, they don't listen. He says, nature knows, you know, the migratory birds know, but my people do not know the ordinances of the Lord. Verse 8. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? And behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men are put to shame. They are dismayed and caught. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. And what kind of wisdom do they have? <laughs> Boy, 2022. Where is truth? Who do you listen to on TV or who do you listen to in what you read? The truth is non-existent. Yeah, even in, we hit it maybe one time and then five times they miss it. <laughs> but where is the truth? And he says, But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord, and what kind of wisdom do they have? <laughs> Mercy. Okay, we'll go on. Verse 10. Therefore I will give their wives to others and the fields to new owners because of the least, the least even to the greatest. Everyone is greedy for gain. From the prophet even to the priests, everyone practice deceit. They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, Peace, peace, but there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abominations that they have done? Certainly, we're not ashamed, and they did not know how to blush. Therefore, 
They shall fall among those who fall. At the time of their punishment, they shall be brought down, says the Lord. They're not ashamed. They don't know how to blush. Nothing. I mean, you can say anything you want to. Anytime you want to, anywhere you want to. And there's no shame. Verse 13. And I will surely snatch them away, declares the Lord. There will be no grapes on the vine, no figs on the fig tree. The leaf will wither. And what I shall give them will pass away. Why are we sitting still? Assemble yourselves together and go into the fortified cities and let us perish there because the Lord our God has doomed us and has given us poison water to drink for we have sinned against the Lord. We wait for peace, but no good came. For a time of healing, but no terror. From Dan, which is the furthermost uh, tribe to the north, is heard of the snorting of the horses, the sound of the neighing of the stallions. The whole earth quakes, for they come and devour the land in its fullness, the city and its inhabitants. For behold, I am sending serpents against you, adders for which there will be no charm, and they will bite you, declares the Lord. My sorrow is behind beyond healing. My heart is faint within me. Behold, listen, a cry from the daughter of my people from the distant land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their graven images and their foreign idols? Harvest is past. Summer is ended. And we are not saved. For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? Jeremiah's got a broken heart. He said, Why why have they broke have they provoked the Lord? Verse twenty, one that you know harvest is past. Summer is ended, and we're not saved. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Gilead was known for a soothing bomb. When Joseph was taken into captivity, the Ishmaelites had been, they had bomb that they were taken down into Egypt. Jeremiah's telling Judah, he says, You're not, you didn't see what happened to the ten northern tribes that they were taken into captivity, and yet you're standing here telling me that because 
the temple is in Jerusalem and Jerusalem is in Judah that you're not going to be taken I'm still the God of heaven of heaven and I'm going to do and I don't like the abominations I see I don't like what you're doing I don't know this was written a long long time ago and I'm sure there have been other times in human history where it's bad but in my lifetime this is the worst it's been worst it's been I don't I don't know I, I, but as I, as I said last week you know the only reason I know that the Lord hadn't done something is because you people here the the people of faith, the people that love the Lord, is stem the tide of God's punishment. Like the country preacher said, if he doesn't do something to the United States, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Anyway, um, <laughs> like I said, this is kind of a broken record. We're going to have to hear it for several more chapters. But ultimately, in Jeremiah's going to prophesy and says, um, you're fixing to go into captivity and, and this is what you need to do. And he prophesies and at the end of the chapter they ultimately go in to captivity to Babylon. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see that as we go on. But I think there are lessons for us to learn here. Uh, each one of us we need to do what we need to do to be light and salt in this wicked world. Questions, comments? I just think it's kind of scary in verse uh, 16 in chapter 7 when uh, God basically just said, I give up on these people. Uh, don't, don't even pray for them. Yeah. It is. And especially for our our grandchildren and our great grandchildren, you know, it's it's a, it is a scary thought, Dick Larry. Okay. Well we'll pick up uh, next week in chapter nine and we'll keep on trucking uh, through Jeremiah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for this time together. We ask that you'd bless each of these sweet people who love you and love each other. Be with us in the further service, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.